0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast with me, Lynn Stacey. I would to let you guys see my outfit, too. You you want to see my outfit? It's just a little dress, okay? I can sit up in this chair, y'all. No matter. One, two, three. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope and pray that it is a blessing to you and for you. And I hope and pray that whatever it is that you need from the Lord on today, that you are able to receive it, able to receive it. It's such a blessing to be able to come on and speak about God, to talk about the Lord, and just to share with you um, exactly what it is that he has given me uh, to share with you. And if you find something on here that you like, then by all means, I encourage you to share it. It looks like something is on my forehead, you guys. Okay. I encourage you to share it. Um, I encourage you to like and subscribe to the page if um, you want to see more content and different things like that. Um, and i'm just going to continue to go forward and um, be blessed and whatever it is that the lord has given me to do that is exactly um, what i plan and intend on doing and so today we're going to be talking about trusting god in your dry season trusting god in your dry season because uh, sometimes we go through different things in life and some of us may have come out of dry dr- just come out of a dry season some of us may be headed to a dry season and not recognize it and um we can experience experience dryness in various ways it can be um a personal dryness and it can be or it can be a um a group, uh, group dryness. And what I mean by group, your church could be going through a dryness. Um, your region could be going through a dryness. Your country could be going through a dryness. Um, dryness affects us in various ways. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that using the word of God um, in order to really understand about, you know, just trusting God and knowing that he has a purpose and a, and a reason and a plan behind why you are experiencing whatever level of dryness you are experiencing in your life. Sometimes it's based on judgment. Sometimes it's based on discipline. Sometimes it's based on the fact that, you know what, returning your heart. Sometimes it's based on restoration. Sometimes it's just, a re- there's a reason behind the season of dryness. And so we'll find out that um, there's a commonality, a common theme among all of them. Sometimes it's to to, to create uh, deliverance. And so um, it's such a blessing that um, we, have a, we serve a God. We serve the God that uh, will, uh, will do anything. Anything to express his love towards us, um, he will uh, do anything to not only express his love towards us, but to keep us on the right track because we're ultimately trying to make it into heaven. And so his that's his focus. Um, and when that becomes our focus, then we can uh, actually see life a little bit differently and uh, more of a with a full perspective on exactly what it is that um god allows um and sometimes what his requirements are in order for us to make it into heaven and so today we're going to talk about just trusting god in your dry season and to know that um just because you're running dry doesn't mean that the lord um has forsaken you he told us he tells us that he would never leave us nor forsake us and so our our goal It's to understand why we're going through a dry season. And so um, here is to trust God with it. And before we get into that in the word of God, and I'm going to give some scriptures, I'm going to give you a background of those um, different scriptures. And we're going to talk about Elijah. We're going to talk about um, Joseph and we're going to talk about Naomi and Ruth. Um, And before we get into those stories, I'm going to give you today's affirmation. I choose to pick up the pieces of my life and move forward, recognizing that my past does not define me. My past does not define me. It's the valuable lessons um, that they teach, that they teach that defines me. And I choose to go forward. Um, And so we have to recognize and understand that some things that occur in our life help to build character. Um, And part of coming out of a dry season is um, going forward in the dry season until um, water begins to flow again. And so we're going to talk about three different examples of where there was a dry season that um, was being experienced both individually and collectively as a whole. And the purpose behind those dry seasons um, that we can see come forth within the word of God. And the first person that we're going to start with is Elijah. Now, you can find um, Elijah's story in the book of First Kings chapter, starting with chapter 17, uh, is where we're going to start uh, that that particular thing uh, concerning the dry season. I would say the dry season that was experienced um with Elijah was one that was prayed for by Elijah. Elijah prayed to the Lord that it would not rain um, and it did not rain for a span of three years. Uh, for three years, they were experiencing a lack of rain. And you know, when you have there's a lack of rain, then you're going to experience dryness. You're going to experience um, some loss of some produce because things, some things cannot grow without, uh, without the rain. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So he prayed For a season of dryness, as a a means to restore the people's hearts back to God. That is why God honored the prayer. Um, It wasn't for revenge. It wasn't because he was trying to get back at anybody. It wasn't because he felt like you know it had nothing to do with with him. I would say this was a selfless prayer, because in praying for the season of dryness, not only was um, the people going to be affected by it, but he too would be affected by it as well. And I'm sure that nobody wants to experience a dry season in their life. Nobody wants to experience uh, nobody wants to experience a lack of something, um, because it's pretty much what it was a lack of a lack of rain, which per- caused a lack of food. And so uh, nobody wants to experience that. (laughs) Uh, But Elijah prayed that prayer, knowing that he, too, would be affected by it. So why did he pray that prayer? Um, He prayed that prayer uh, because there at at the time, um, this is King Ahab and King and Queen Jezebel. They were in position and power over the people of God. And so uh, being over the people of God and different things like that, um, Jezebel came from a a heathen nation that wasn't under God. And uh, King Ahab was um, the king that was put into position over God's people. So he married someone that was outside of uh, outside of the cohorts, I would say, of God's people. And so in doing so, he brought into he brought someone in that was an idol worshiper. And so she promoted, um, the prophets of Baal. She promoted false, uh, she promoted false prophets. Um, and she put them into position in power and different things like that. And she was killing off God's real prophets, the God of Israel. She was killing them off. And so we find here where Elijah prayed because the people were, um, going, getting going, their hearts were going astray from God. Uh, they were, um, be serving those, um, those idol, um uh, worshipers and different things like that as well. And they belonged to, to God. They belonged to, um, the true and living God, the God of Israel, the Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh is who they belong to. Um, and so we we find where Elijah prayed this prayer. He let King Ahab know that um, it will not rain again until my word, until the Until I pretty much uh, give my word and God gave him that authority to be able to do that. Um, And the reason why God was able to give him that authority was because God trusted him with that authority, knowing that he was, he wouldn't be operating in his own authority. He was operating off of the all powerful God. He was operating off of his authority. And so um, we find that in this season of dryness, God sustained his people. He sustained his people. He sustained Elijah. If you go to the book of first Kings chapter 17 uh, and um, you kind of read from there, you will see where um, God sent. Um, Elijah to the brook, um, a brook called Kareth. And he sent him there um, where the ravens fed him. And so he was fed by the ravens and he drank from the brook. And then before you know it, the, this wasn't, an, even though Elijah had, ex, they were experiencing a, a dryness together as a people, um, this was, uh, Elijah experienced another dryness um, because he was pretty much, uh, this tells me that he was relying on God's provision to even keep him, uh, to keep him. I don't know if Elijah had a had a place to stay or anything like that because you'll find various parts in the scripture um, where he he lived in a cave because he had ran away from Jezebel. We find where just um, different points. I'm pretty sure he had something, but in this particular passage, we find where he went to this brook, uh, this brook of Kareth, and so and he um, drank from this brook, and he was fed by the ravens. And then that brook dried up, um, and so this was a this was another form of dryness in Elijah's life uh, where he wasn't. Uh, able to get that water and the and the uh, food from the ravens. and But God already had another provision in store for Elijah. It requires some work for him to be able to travel um, and to discern where God was, to discern um, who exactly God was leading him to. So God sent him to a widow, a widow that was not of his people, um, but he sent him there. He sent him to um, this widow. And uh, this is where you find the story where the widow and she was going to, it was just her and her son. And she was going to make uh, one final loaf, uh, one final loaf of bread and feed her and her son. And she was going to die. And so Elijah said, feed me first, uh, feed me first. Um, And so she took the flour and different things like that. And she made the bread and she fed him first. Um, And as a result of it, uh, it brought blessing to her her house. Um, So Elijah dwelt there with them. Uh, he dwelled there with them and it was so much so, um, uh, it was so much so that that was the provision that God had made for Elijah within this dry season. Um, God needed him well so that he can give the word again, um, so that the rain could become rain, the rain could come back. And so he was getting ready to face um, the false prophets. He was getting ready to face the 400 prophets of Baal. But before he faced those 400 prophets of Baal, God uh, sent him to this widower uh, where he um, lived there um, and was able to the flower never ran out. It was they had enough flower to last them. It it was the flower never ran out. It was a miracle. Um, It was a miracle abiding in her house um, simply because of the fact that she was um, willing to take care of the prophets. Sorry about that, you guys. I my hand accidentally hit the computer screen to put that back up. But she was um, willing to uh she was willing uh to to feed him before uh she fed her and her son. Um and now you may say, why would he ask her to do something like that? Maybe to see her, her, her where her faith was, maybe to see that. Uh, what type of heart that she had within her? Was she willing to give, in spite? And it was, was she willing to give in the light? Because some people, you know, it, it, it would expose the fact that she didn't have a stingy heart. It exposed the fact that you know she was willing to give and open up her heart um, to receive the fact that you know what I'm going to share this with this man um, that's sitting over here. <laughs> um, and so um, the fact that she was um, willing to do that it, it opened up us to see to be able to see what type of heart this woman had and what type of heart God sent Eli. Elijah, to God knows um, for, uh, for especially for his leaders and different things like that. And it's just for his sheep and anything. God knows the heart to send you to. Um, God knows the type of um, person, type of persons uh, to send you to um, when you are in lack and when you are in need. Um, and so we have to trust God in our dry season because um, he sees and he knows. And so this was um, Elijah. The fact that there was enough. Uh, Uh, people to gather uh, for when he got ready to face the prophets of Baal. um, Let me know that uh, there was, he sustained his people as well too. how they were sustained sustained. I have absolutely no clue. I know that this is a time where, you know, people dug wells and different things like that to get water from the earth. And I don't know how wells and different things operate and uh, concerning the rain and different things like that. But I know that uh, we find here where Elijah was sustained. um, And that was the second place that God had sent him. And so, um, in order to be sustained through this dry season and this dry period. So God will sustain you um, in your dry season. Um, you have to trust him in your surplus and you have to trust him in your lack as well um, if you wanna be sustained in both. Um, because when you're in surplus, there's a different uh, there's a different need. But when you're in lack, there is a, a different need than when you're in surplus. And so, um, but both um, seasons of your life, um, wherever you are, both any season of your life, um, you're gonna need God to be sustained in. So this is what we learn uh, from this season of dryness. I mean, if you want to read about the full story of Elijah, then I encourage you to do that. But we're just going to focus on the fact that things were in Um, God will allow you to go through a season of dryness to get your attention so that he can then restore, um, you back to himself. So when you find yourself going astray, when you are putting everything before him, um, he's not first place in your life and, um, you're his sheep and you're marked by him. Uh, he would do, he would get, get your attention in various ways. And one of the things will, he will create dryness in your life just to return you back to himself. You may say, well, why why would God do that? I mean, that doesn't that seem like it's controlling? No, it's not. Especially if he's the one that allowed the flow in the first place. And pretty much it's like kind of like, if you have, uh, if I have a cup of water and I'm pouring uh, from a faucet, well, that faucet is providing me with the flow, and so that my cup can be full and running over, and so that I can keep on getting um, different resources and different things like that from the water. Um, I can get a cup and pull it here and get it the cup and pull it there. And now, if I, <laughs> if I decide that you know what, um, I'm going to try and go and get my water from out of the water jug, well, that water jug eventually is going to run out. And so pretty much what I'm saying is, is that if God is the reason for the flow of blessing in your life, when you stop your flow, when you decide I'm going to stray and go to another source for my flow, because it seemed like they have the same exact thing then you cut your own stuff off. And so uh, um, God ain't going to come over there. The water, the water faucet that's hooked up to a continual supply of water is not going to change until um, to go over there to the water jug so that the water jug can be supplied and different things like that. If you cut your flow off, Where you're getting your water from, then it makes a difference. And so uh, they were cutting their supply off. They were cutting their uh, supply off by relying on uh, false gods. And so and not recognizing that it was because of um, their God, Jesus, the the God of Israel. Um, At this time, I'm going to say, uh, obviously, we don't know him as Jesus until the New Testament. But um, it was (laughs) Jehovah at this time, the great I am. Uh, And so. uh, when you begin to cut your flow off um, being God, then you cut your source of blessing off. Um, and so they were experiencing this season of dryness and it was it purposeful for them because since God was their supplier since he was a provider, uh, it was necessary for them to have heart uh, a heart to serve him and a heart to uh, recognize that that he came that their flow came from him so that they can continue to flow in blessing. And so, and not realizing that—that's why he wanted to restore them back to himself. Because ain't nobody gonna do you like God. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna do you like him. And so, um, it was really for uh, for the benefit of the people for them to return to him. And so, um, God will allow a season of dryness in your life based on the activity that you do, um, based on the activity that you do. Um, that causes the season of dryness in order to restore you back to himself so that you can really know this. is These are one of the ways um, that we get to know God. Uh, we get to know God and his power and his might and what he does do for us. Um, that way um, you will know that when you are experiencing anything in your life, you know, I'm the one that you come to. And um, those other gods aren't going to respond to you like I am. And so the second thing that we learned uh, from this season of dryness is God heard the sincerity of Elijah's heart, uh, which establishes order in God's kingdom. The people couldn't pray this away. They had to wait for the word from Elijah, who had to wait from the uh, word to obey from God. Um, it was on Elijah's call, which is why it was so important for him to be well. Um, there is order even in the dry season, and the dry season will bring attention and highlight that order. And so um, Elijah prayed this prayer. And so the one that God was going to, since he, he, brought, God, he brought it before God in the sincerity of his heart, um, it was necessary for uh, for him to come back and um um I would say, uh just like you got it, the person with the key has to come back in and unlock the door if they've locked it. Um, I would say that's that's kind of what it is. And God is the one that gave him, provided him with that key to be able to do it. Uh, dry seasons allow. This is another reason. Dry seasons allow God's glory to be made manifest, and so God's glory was made manifest when He was getting ready to show forth in uh, before all the people. In First Kings chapter eighteen, verse thirty six to thirty eight, um and you will see where He faced the prophets of Baal. Um, in First Kings, it might be before um, verse thirty six. Actually, that's probably just what I wrote down in order to kind of. Um, know a specific part of the scripture that I wanted to kind of focus in on. Um, You will see where he faced those. And um, the thing was, was to get the um, idol worship out of the land. And the only way that you could get the idol worship out of the land, God had to do something big. And this was one of the big things that he did that was able to get all the people's attention. Um, and so uh, you will find that if you want to go read about that, then I, I encourage you to do so. And once the prophets of Baal, the false prophets had gotten out of the land, God could be God and he could finally speak and get to his people. And you will find in verse 45 where the rain returned. Um, in the book of uh, the chapter 18, verse 45, around and about there, you will find where the rain returned after this, after God had uh, made the point in the statement that he is the God of Israel. Okay, now we're going to go and move on to a second season of dryness. Now, this season of dryness is uh, a little different and lasted longer um, than the one in Elijah's day. Elijah's um, um, was it was based on a prayer that Elijah prayed. Um, But in order to return the people's hearts to God and in this season of dryness, they didn't have time to prepare for it. But when it came to Joseph, uh, when it came to Joseph in the book of Genesis, you can read Genesis chapters 37 through 50. It was seven years of um, surplus and seven years of of famine, seven years of lack. So within that surplus, they had to they had to um, they had to prepare for the seven years of lack. And so the, the extra portions um, that were being produced uh, were given to Joseph to manage so that he could store that it up uh, for the seven years of lack. And so that was 14 years in all. And this season of dryness occurred because uh, it helped to bring forth Joseph's gift um, and being able to interpret dreams and put him in front of Pharaoh um, and delivered him. This season of dryness brought Joseph into deliverance out of Pharaoh's hand. So the season of dryness was to bring Joseph out of bondage and expose the hidden gem he was. He is is an example of your gift making room for you. He came forth in his time and season when God knew he was ready. What Joseph had done two years prior, which was interpreting the baker and the um, cupbearer's dreams, what he had done two years prior brought him before Pharaoh, the greatest man in Egypt. So I would say, don't worry if you feel like you haven't um, Sewn enough, the right person was supposed to see your um, gifts, owe, and they're supposed to help you along like That right encounter um, will happen if it has not happened. And some of you, it probably has already happened, and you just don't realize and recognize it. Sometimes, you know, we encounter things and we encounter people and we encounter situations. Um, and we have years, uh, years prior, before, and we don't recognize and realize that. Um, uh, God will bring you that person right back around in your life. Uh, sometimes we don't realize that God will uh, just allow things to be done for your gift to make room for you. Um, you really don't know sometimes. I obviously Joseph knew that um, he had interpreted these dreams for the cupbearer and the baker, which the cupbearer would actually die and the baker um, was restored back. Um, and the baker work for Pharaoh. And so sometimes, um, God, would uh, will make the, he will allow the bricks to line up in order to make the necessary encounter to bring your gift forth in the time that is necessary and needed. And so I would say this season of dryness was to, was a way that God delivered, um, Joseph, uh, from out of, uh, from out of uh, prison after he had wrongfully been put there. Um, Uh, Here again, we will find where the season of dryness brought, uh, it brought restoration. And rather than being restored back to God, it was about the family being restored back to wholeness. Um, Because you will also find that not only did this, when the season of dryness finally hit, when it finally hit, uh, we find that his brothers came searching because they had heard that there was bread in Egypt. So his brothers came searching, uh, his, uh, for food in Egypt, not recognizing and realizing that Joseph, um, God blessed Joseph to be able to be the one to, um, uh, I would say help Egypt to be able to have this bread in their, in their, uh, in their city. And so, uh, we find where, uh, they come to, they come to, uh, Joseph, they come to Egypt to find bread and, uh, if you keep on reading the story, you will see the different things that um, Joseph did to them, and um, in order to bring them, uh, Joseph did to them in order to test their hearts and to see if they had they were the same or if they had changed. And um, you will see uh, just what Joseph did if you would go to the book and and read it a little bit. Um, and the blessing is the fact that you know um, Jacob was his father. Jacob was um, who Israel is named after because God named God uh, named. Uh, change Jacob's name to Israel, and um, that is um, what you see today is uh, Israel. Um, and so uh, Joe and it and Jacob thought that Joseph had died, he thought he was dead because that's what his brothers had told him. So, years of his life, um, he thought that his son had died, and we find that years later years later i believe joseph happened in a uh probably a teenager when he got taken into egypt and he probably was like 40 uh, when Jacob finally saw him again and so uh there was a there was a, a a dryness there um and that season of dryness brought them back together again and joseph's heart had to uh, forgive it had to forgive uh his brothers in order to uh i would say bring restoration into their lives uh, bring restoration into their lives and so Um, Sometimes God will allow um, you to experience uh, dryness um, in your family in order to um, bring restoration into your family as well. And so um, can you imagine that if uh, God had not allowed this season of dryness, there wouldn't have been a reason for his brothers to travel to Egypt when they heard that there was bread. So God intentionally calls there to be bread in the land of Egypt so that his brothers could travel there. Uh, so that his brothers can tra- travel there in their lack and in their dryness. And so, and it brought them into the land of Egypt. It brought them into the land of Egypt, which was fulfilling what um, God had told Abraham. Um, it was also fulfilling what God had told Abraham. Uh, and so, uh, see, God had made provision for Joseph. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the next one, but God had made provision for Joseph before Joseph was even born. He made provision for Jacob before Jacob was born. He made provision for his brothers before they were born. He made provision when he told Abraham that he's going to uh, bring your people into a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, He made provision for them before, um, because he knew um, why he was making that provision, because he knew what the brothers were going to do before they were even born. And he knew that I'm going to provide the provision before they even think to do it. I'm going to provide the provision for them. Um, And so there was a reason for this dryness and everybody, they had to, everybody had to experience it and go through it. Uh, That's how much God loves his people. Everybody had to experience and go through it. But the level of favor on um, Joseph's life was able to bless. uh, He also bless everybody that was um, connected and around. So uh, sometimes you don't uh, really understand why you're going through a period of dryness in your life. Um, And sometimes it has to do with the heart of those connected to you and the restoration. Um, So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue to talk about just uh, the next um, the next form of dryness. And what I'm learning, what I've seen, like, of course, we am talking about Elijah, talking about Joseph and different things like that um, is that Joseph and Elijah seem like they experienced a double dryness, a double dryness in their lives. Not a double dryness, but a, a few dryness. In the because with Elijah, the brook dried up and not only did it not rain, but the brook also dried up. Um, and so um, and then with Joseph. um he didn't have his family around. So there was a lack of um, just, I will say what was what, what, what he knew, there was a lack of being around his people, being around the people that served his God. And uh, there was a, just a, a lack there, uh, not being able to be around his brother. And Joseph was, if you know anything about Jacob, Jacob had two wives, one of them he wanted and one of them he didn't want. And Joseph um, belonged to the one that he did want. So Joseph and his brother, Benjamin, um, they belonged to uh, his wife, Rachel, the one that he actually was working um, to get. And so uh, can you just imagine? Can you imagine it? So and not that he didn't want the, not that uh, Jacob didn't want the other children. It's just the fact that these came from my beloved wife and this one came from one that I was forced and tricked into marrying. And so um, then there is um, Ruth and Naomi. Ruth and Naomi. Uh, and then this uh, when I, the Lord kind of began to show me this, I've never seen the, the book of Ruth and Naomi like I've seen it. Um, And just writing these things down, and I believe it's a beautiful lesson to be able to be learned. Um, So Naomi went to um, the land of Moab with her family, her her husband, Elimelech, and her two sons um, to try to escape the dry season that they were experiencing, that God ordained through judgment that he had ordained by one of the one of the judges. And so uh, what we find is that they um, went to the land of Moab. Um, and so, cause they were trying to escape the dry season that the whole land of Judah was, um, experiencing, um, the whole, so they will go, they, God wants us, sometimes God will want us, wants us to go through as a people, um, based on the actions of all, even though you may have been one of the faithful ones in there, but it's, it's about everybody. You got to remain faithful, even in the dry season. Um, and so, uh, God had ordained. And so, uh, having said that, they were in the land of Moab, and Elimelech died, which was her husband, and her two sons also passed away. But her two sons had married uh, from the land of Moab. And so that was something that you just didn't do being part of Israel. It was so important for um, the people of God to remain pure um, and not have to um, and be not be an unequal yoke. Because um, most of the, everyone else served uh, multiple gods. And, uh, and God was, the, and pretty much uh, Israel was the only ones that were monotheistic. And so um, they only serve one God. I believe I said the right, the right word. And so uh, they only serve one God. And so it was so important for them to remain within the household of Israel because of the faith and uh, different things like that, because of the order that God was establishing in the earth. And so um, the Lord still, in the word too, it still talks about being unequally yoked, um, but it's a different form of, I would say unequally yoked is now is, Because so many people, the the body of Christ has been opened up to more than just one set of people. It's been opened up to everybody. So it's about uh, just the body of Christ remaining one in faith. And so uh, uh, Naomi returned without her husband or children, but she had this daughter-in-law, Ruth, who was a Moabitess. And so this is what we learned. And so she returned with uh, she returned. She left for dry season. And uh, for with food, with, with lack like of food and different things like that, she left a dry season there. And then uh, so that tells me that there was a food shortage and different things like that. But when she got ready to come back to the land of Judah, because she had heard that there was bread in the house of Judah, um, that God had was restored his people from that dry season. But she returned dry. Um, and family she returned dry because she did, lost her husband and she lost her sons. they didn't have any grandkids um, to give her any grandkids so she returned dry it's just her and um, Ruth was her daughter-in-law that returned with her so what do we learn from this book Naomi fled physical lack as far as food was concerned on account of her husband and ended up experiencing a dryness of family deprived of love in the human form but she wasn't deprived of love Ruth's dryness was in the fact she wasn't serving the true and living God. And when you're not serving the true and living God, there is something that is just uh, empty inside of you. Even being a Christian, uh, being a Christian, when you decide that, you know what? Um, everything else is first in your life, and you're really not putting God at first. Then you find that there is something that's missing, um, and that you know that you need, and you become thirsty. Blessed are those that do thirst, hunger, and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so, it's so important for us to understand and recognize that when you're not being filled up with God, uh, there is a void. And so that's why I'm seeing there was a spiritual dryness there. I would say because um, Naomi lived, had to have lived some type of life before her to where she was able, willing to leave all of her gods behind in order to serve the God of Naomi. And so here we find um, that that Ruth. That's why I was um, talking about this form of dryness now, because we can experience a dryness or lack in various different ways. God can still allow living waters to flow from you, even in your season of lack. Because he knew, because he, because here was something about, there was something about Naomi that caused Ruth to latch on and in latching on, she attached to the living water. She attached to living water. So even though Naomi was experiencing a dryness of family um, because she lost her family, Ruth was uh, still was able to drink from something, drink from a well from her that caused her to want to follow her and serve the true and living God. God can use your dry season uh, to win souls to him. Even in your dry season today, then that's a perfect example of that to me, God can still use your dry season. So even if you feel like, you know what, I feel like, you know, even if sometimes you feel like, you know. You're, you're not being impactful or anything like that if you keep on serving God if you keep on um, doing what you know to do keep on praising and you you find yourself in the form of being in need. I would say that was the, the dryness being in the form of need and sometimes you don't even recognize that you have that need and you don't re- sometimes you don't recognize the need that other people have from you God if, if God is the, the, the Lord of your life Jehovah Jireh, or Yahweh is the Lord over your life uh, he can still allow people to drink from the waters um, that run from him because he is living water. And so uh, we find here um that uh that, that helped me to know that God can still use your dry season to win souls to him. So, you no, know, so Naomi Naomi returns home in lack. She is so much in lack, she can't even claim ownership of the land that belonged to her husband because she is a woman. And so you the, and if you understand this time period uh and how the uh the law was set up and different things like that, uh she couldn't even claim the land that was belonged to her husband because she didn't have um. She didn't have a husband. And so uh, being a woman, she couldn't take ownership and possession over it. Um, And so uh, we find that Ruth, um, Ruth attached to the living water and in return became wife to Naomi to provide her back what she provided her she provided her with the with the uh, I would say she provided her with the door to be able to find God. And um, in return, she provided uh, Ruth gave life back by going and gleaning in the field and uh, marrying Boaz. And they were able to claim the land and they were able to not only claim the land, but Ruth bore a a son um, and that son became um, a child to um, Naomi. Um, which was, which is a sign of restoration, a uh, restoration and water returning um, the dryness of drying up. I was saying the dryness drying up. <laughs> um, and so uh, Ruth went and gleaned in the fields, and Naomi's dry season went on a, Naomi's dry season went on a little longer than everybody else's because she, Judah had experienced a dry season. They were out of it. Uh, so her dry season went on a little longer than everybody else's, although she was part of the, although she was part of Judah's season of life, um their season of bread, although she was a part of it. But she her dry season went on a little bit further. Um, Ruth connected to both of their life sources, although uh uh, Ruth, Ruth connected to both their of their life sources through the favor of God to a man to a marriage of a man named Boaz, and we find once again where God used a dry season to restore and to provide an abundance of blessing. And so all through of these um, examples that I've given you, the main theme of it is God's restoring power. God's restoring power. If you are experiencing a dry season in your life, remember that God can restore and He will restore. Uh, you just got to keep on clinging to Him and cleave to Him. Don't despise the dry season because God is using it to get the attention of those who will bring you into blessing, who bring you into blessing roofs dry season uh Ruth's dry season uh, caused her to go and glean in the field of a man named Boaz. Um, and as a result, uh it caused him to have God gave her favor with him. Um, and uh now she I would say I would say, like I've heard it said before, she went from being a worker in the field to being um an owner of it, and so um it was through her struggling, in her dry season. Um Joseph's dry season, uh Joseph uh dry season caused him to be able to uh be restored to his family. Um, his father knew that he was alive. It was a restoration, God restored. Uh, the people of God in um, Elijah they were able to uh, reconnect um, and reconnect with God, the true and living God and stop all that idol worship. <laughs> uh, idol worship. So God is committed to restoration. Um, God is committed to restoring whatever it is in your life that you feel like you have lost. Um, God is committed to restoring. And sometimes you just have to give him the, uh, the time to work it out, to work it out on your behalf. And all of these situations, um, we find that there was movement, Uh, moving from one place to the next place. Um, And Joseph, he moved from the prison um, to uh, Pharaoh's um, quarters. And so he had to get ready to even go before Pharaoh. Um, And Ruth, we find her moving from Judah to Moab, from back from uh, Moab to Judah. (laughs) And the story of um, Elijah, we find where um, he was living with a widow that wasn't in the land of where he was from. um, And then he had to travel back there. Um, And so there is, God is always constantly uh, sustaining his people. And so uh, whatever it is that you may be experiencing in need of and lack of, just know that God is more than able and more than capable and more than willing. Um, and sometimes it's the thing that you're, and sometimes it's your dryness, it's your struggle in the dryness, um, that will get the attention of someone that you never thought that you probably would get the attention of. And so I believe that that's important for us to understand and recognize Joseph got the attention of Pharaoh, who was the greatest man in the land of Egypt. Um, Elijah got the attention of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and all the people of Israel. Um, Um, Ruth got the attention of Boaz. And so it's so important for us to understand and recognize that sometimes God allows the dryness in your life to not only get your attention, but also get the attention of others too as well um, in order so that you can be blessed. Um, So uh, I hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you. And I'm gonna go ahead and end this podcast with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your joy, your peace and your patience with us. We thank you for everything that you're doing, everything that you're working out. You are the great Father and there was none like you in all the earth. We bless you, Lord God. We love you. We appreciate you, Lord God, for everything that you have done, Father God. Lord God, we pray for uh, whoever, wherever we have been experiencing dryness and lack and been in need, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that you would just allow living waters to flow. We pray, Lord God, that you would just um, return to us, Lord God. uh, um, What needs to be returned, Father God, we pray, Lord God, that you would just allow us to flow, Lord God, and allow us to, to be free, allow us to just be restored. Thank you for your restoration. Thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord God and these blessings we ask for Father God and the humbleness of our heart, Lord God. We thank you for everything that you're doing, everything that you're working out and we bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I pray that you will go forward and be blessed on today. Hello, everyone. This is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If it's been a blessing to you, remember to like, subscribe, and share the page. You can follow me at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook.